All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is episode six, I believe. Six? Yes, episode yes. six. Yes, yeah, six. Great to be back. Took a little week hiatus. All of us took a, you know, a vacay because, you know, how, how busy we are as podcasters. Yeah, because um, this is our primary job. Yeah, 100%, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll get right into it. Not really much news is going on, but like we've the talked only about thing Twitter. I want to talk about news, forgot about this, is what I sent this morning in there. Keaton, how do you feel now that um, that uh, Wentz and Quentin Nelson are on path oh, yeah. to open the season? You got to have faith. Trust That's the process. I just Dude, remember because you're, you're wearing the Colts you, jersey. Yeah, you've gone through like – a like a roller coaster of just news and emotions these past two weeks just like this guy's out this guy's out now this guy's back like it's yeah. insane so i'm going to the rams colts game in indianapolis week two and i'm just praying i can see hopefully one maybe two but yeah. um i just am praying i mean even if even if he misses the first three four games that's not bad but that's the toughest games we got to start the year so yeah. fingers crossed that's our only hope of winning at least two games to start off the year. Yeah. So maybe some uh some some other news I just want to sprinkle in there that you brought up this morning. Uh that Zach Wilson is garbage. <laughs> He's that garbage. was that was hilarious. <laughs> he, he was a bust from coverage. the second he was drafted. Yeah, I mean yeah. Ooh, I mean, was, eight drives with three points scored. That's ridiculous. I mean, that's he's ridiculous. throwing double coverage, throwing picks. He just doesn't know what to do. And they said he's the Sam Darnold 2.0. We made the same mistake is what coaches yeah. are saying. Oh, and I'm gosh. like, dude, you're already saying this. And you haven't even played a preseason game yet. Like, Poor Elijah Moore. Good. Yeah. Corey, Corey Davis just took all that money to do that. But <laughs> Yeah. And two, uh, Luke, do you want to drop some uh, programming notes? We re- oh, yeah. We- next week, next week we will have on Josh Teeter. He is a Arkansas media guy. He uh, runs – Red Cup Arkansas, which is a, is a social media media um, platform for Arkansas sports, um, just Arkansas in general. And it's, he's, he's a really, really cool guy. He's awesome on Twitter. He has a great following. Um, anybody know his at so we can plug him? Uh, I can, think it's Josh Teeter 01. Yeah, that should be it. That should be it. But really excited for that interview. Um, He's he's got a good following, so we've we've wanted to try to get him on for a while. Um, we're gonna preview Josh some of Teeter one. Okay, we're we're gonna preview some of the season um, for Razorback football, then just talk about Razorback that's athletics in general, and then ask him, you know, a good bit about Red Cup. You know, that's a platform that not too many people know about. So I mean, get excited about that one. It should be a good one. It's gonna be a Razorback heavy episode next week. But all righty, um, let's hop right into it. So we have our Hard Knocks review. Episode one came out last night. This was a this was a great episode. I'll say that. And one of the points that I sent y'all this morning was, I think like they always hype up the teams. This year is going to have so much more hype because it's like the return of Dak. Zeke is Zeke looks actually good. That was one of my points. He Zeke looks, looks in really shape, good. Yeah, he looks in shape. Yeah. Um, the and it's defense, the Cowboys. Yeah, They're, it's the Cowboys. They're going to hype it up. You know Jerry's going to run it. Um, what do y'all think of the episode, though? Okay. I do not like the Cowboys. I'll get that out there. But yeah, this episode made me 
not dislike the players. It's Cowboy fans that I don't like is what I've discovered because all the, all the players were super likable. Like Dak and Zeke's relationship was really cool to see. Um, I love Except for Michael guy. Parsons. Yeah, my okay. Oh, okay, shit. whoa. You're, you're I got to get into that. You, you kind of jumped ahead a little bit because, okay, maybe I'm crazy. Does Amari Cooper, did he wear 11 with the Raiders? I know he wears 18 now. No, he wore 89. What Did he ever wear 11? No, he wore for, nine at Alabama in 89. Yeah, for some oh. reason they showed they showed Micah Parsons, and I was like, "Wait, that's Amari Cooper's number." And then I was like, "Nope." For some reason, I was thinking he was number eleven. No. But I love the special teams coach. That little thing yeah. where he was talking about the vasectomy was hilarious. That was that was really funny. Um, let me just go to Micah Parsons. That was my one rant. As a former football player, you're in practice. You already don't want to be there because you're just extremely tired. When someone like Micah Parsons, but two, comes this up, is professional football. Yes, a little bit yes, different than what I we know, played. But I know. But if if I was in, I think it was Jabril Cox's shoes. He comes up and he just starts headbutting people, head like three times in a row. And like at that point, if that was me, I'd have been like, "Yo, chill out, dude. Chill out." Dude, I had a coach back in the day, my linebackers coach. He would headbutt people, but he didn't have a helmet on, obviously. So I remember running out to the field and he was like, yeah, we, it was, we, I can't remember who we were playing, but he was like, yeah, we got to get excited. Then reared yeah, back and, headbutt, insane. and headbutted one of my, uh, one of the other guys that played linebacker and cut his forehead <laughs> and it, it, he would just coach through it. It was like the Seahawks guy that cut his head. But yeah, if I was Mike, if I was that guy with Micah Parsons, I'd be like, all right, dude, chill out. Just chill yeah. out, man. Come on. The only complaint I have about the first episode is having to see Jerry Jones eat that breakfast sandwich from McDonald's or Burger King and pour <laughs> half the salt on it. Dude, that was repulsive. Did, did y'all hunt of salt? Did y'all see somebody did the math on how much the sodium? sodium? Yes. It was oh. like a person his age should be consuming 1,200 1, milligrams a day. And he yeah. did 18 milligrams, ju- or 1,800 milligrams just in that sandwich. Because they're like they did the math and each shake, it was crazy. But wow, that's but insane. I'm, I'm starting to. Cowboys are growing on me. Zeke is growing on me. I know. Me. Zeke. Um, CD Lamb. I mean, I think that dude's gonna be a freaking stud. I mean, they got a steal from him. But I'm ready to see like more of like the other players. I know we got to see Dak and Zeke and their relationship, but I want to see like other players like uh, uh, Lawrence and. Uh, Really, just CD Amari. I really, I really want to see Leighton Vanderash too. He'd be really cool. We we saw him for a little bit, but another yeah. Whenever they were talking to Parsons, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Another thing I uh, I wrote down that I thought was pretty funny. It was very relatable. Um, Zeke when he YouTubed. I literally, as I watched it, I wrote this down because YouTubing how to wrap a gift like that is something that I would do one hundred percent. Like what. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, it was so funny to see him doing that. Like, extremely relatable. Um, also, dude, poor Ben DiNucci. Every I don't know if y'all noticed this, but every time they showed Ben DiNucci in a highlight, he was either 
throwing a pick <laughs> or throwing a ball over the head of somebody out of bounds. And they're always like, geez, Ben, what well, are you doing? Yeah. I was, I felt so bad for him. And two, Dak was like, I just want to be in there. I just want to be in there. They're letting him take reps and then it showed like a bad throw. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Dude, I honestly. Gucci you- Danucci is a national treasure. He should be treated as such. <laughs> I think Dak kind of hates Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I mean, I've got a lot like, of Mike McCarthy stuff written down. He's cracking dude, jokes the- with Dak, and Dak was like, "Dude, shut up!" And yeah, he was like, "All right, bro, all right, buddy, I'm just messing with you." And Dak <laughs> fucking hates him, and I, I can see it. Like he's just like, "Don't talk to me. Just let me be do me do me." And I think Emojo. he's just like a beta coach out there. That, I mean, yeah. Mojo moment. That's I mean, okay. Wait, before we get to that, I I want to go off what Keaton said. A beta coach watching him. What does he do? He's like, I was, that's I was what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. Seem like because you go through like past hard knocks, and the one that really pops out to me is like John Gruden. Yeah, it, yeah was everywhere. that his first he's, or second year? That was his second. It yeah. was. I, I think second. it was his second. And he's but just, he was he's in hands everything. On with everything. And then Mike, yeah. it just shows him, and he's just standing there, arms yep. crossed. And then like he's like, "Okay, we're gonna go to the trainer for an update about Dak." And then they talk <laughs> about it. He's just like, yeah. "Any questions?" Well, okay. it's like, well, it's, it's, it's just like Mike McCarthy. Like, I know he's an offensive guy, but it, you see him and Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator. He's leading the offensive meeting. So I'm like, I'm like, yeah, what is Mike McCarthy doing? Is he just sitting here blowing the whistle, running these mojo moments? Yeah. Okay. Go, let's, baby. let's, let's get to the mojo moment. The best quote in the entire episode was Mike McCarthy saying, anytime you get a chance to use an Austin Powers film clip, you should take advantage of it (laughs) is just the most true statement of all time. Yeah. It's so good. Only thing I like Mike McCarthy was the, was that part. Yeah. I, I (laughs) thought he, he kind of did get me fired up a little bit when he was giving his speech before the, uh, before the hall of fame game. And he was, yeah, that was, was a good speech. He got me a little fired up. He was like, he was like, we don't just go for championship games. We go to the Super Bowl and that's it. Like, we're not going to do anything else. I kind of got a little fired up. I was like, okay, I might run through this brick wall. Well, and like like you were talking about that speech, he called the playoffs the tournament. He's like, yeah, we got four preseason games, 17 games, and the tournament to get to the big game. Wait, why'd that the, piss you off, Keith? The tournament is it's awesome. It makes me think of it's like a fight to the death thing from like an 80s movie. It's like, <laughs> we're going yes. to fucking war, man. Yeah. Like Madness yeah. NCAA tournament. Yeah. I mean, it's not uh, travel football. This is like NFL playoffs. I mean, it is yeah. the playoffs. Josh, speaking of uh, tournaments, I would – this is random, but on my flight, someone was watching a uh, Mortal Kombat, and I was, I just thought, okay, you. okay, yeah, little, little, uh, li- we're okay, yeah, we're gonna do a movie review next week. This is just me, this is executive authority I right just, now. I'm just going right now. I thought about this last night. So, our first one, since you said that, Mortal Kombat, pretty basic one. Homework for everybody watch Bloodsport and listen to us talk about it next week. Bloodsport, wait, it's so next good. week. We're doing it next, next week. week. Yeah, we can do it next okay. week. Okay. Okay. So right. good. Okay. The Kumute. It's just a fight. Is, to the what is it on? Night. Is it on anything? Netflix. If it's okay. not on Netflix, we'll scrap that plan. Okay. You don't, don't pay money to watch this movie. <laughs> Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh my gosh. Um, but other <laughs> than that, other than that, kind of what I'm what I'm hoping for, we get out of this next episode. Um, I want to see more of like a player who's on the edge 
and learn you know how we learned about in the Raiders one about Ronald Ollie that first episode, but then he got cut. Yes. Like I, I want to see something about that with like a player who like, and I know they're going to do it. They develop this relationship and this personality with him. And he like fights to make it on the team at the end. And you see at the end, if he does, or if he, or if he doesn't. So I want to see players like that kind of highlighted. And is I there, do want to see more of uh, Amari Cooper. Is there any like name guys that we would know that are kind of on that bubble? Kind of like Ollie was from last chance you, yeah. but then there's always, um, there's always somebody I feel like that you're like, Oh yeah. I remember him from college. I'm is sure we will. This year? I, I don't know anyone so far because they didn't show them, but I'm sure they'll show somebody that we can kind of know from that. But all right, anybody got anything else? It was a pretty good episode. I will give that. It's 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 gonna be a good season. I'm excited. Yeah, it's way We're better than I thought it would be. I I had extremely low hopes. Yeah. Jerry might be eating uh some subway next week. I don't know. That's what I'm maybe. that's what I'm ready for. Or maybe he's eating a steak and he's just like dumping the whole thing of salt <laughs> does, on it. Does he have a restaurant sponsorship? I'm sure he does. Okay, no, we he, need isn't to see him eat something. Johnny maybe. Walker Blue, I think he has a whiskey sponsorship. I could be wrong. We 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 got to see him partake in a sponsor, like yeah. a really like you could tell is really scripted. But I still want to see it to where he's like, oh, look, here's my Johnny Walker Blue. I always crack yeah. it open after after a practice. Yeah. All righty. Welcome on, Tom. Great to have you. We're doing Tom, our fantasy Tom, little. Tom, 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 Tom. <laughs> we're, doing our, we're doing our fantasy little preview. We got some tips and trips, tips and tricks for everybody um, who, you know, need some help with fantasy, you know, kind of know when to draft a player. Um, we're also going to talk about how to work the waiver wire successfully, which is a crucial point in all fantasy leagues. It can win or lose you your league. So, um, Tom, it's great to have you here. Tell the people who you to be are, on Tom. here. Tell the people yeah. who you are. Give us a little – give us who you are and give a little, little Giants prediction for this year. Uh, I'm a fantasy football legend to start. Um they tend to call me the waiver wire warrior because uh, my team never works out, but I, I'm always good on the waiver wire. I came in second place last year to uh, Josh Rhodes, who beat me by 0.1 points in the championship. That was the greatest, um, like, 15 minutes, too, whenever I'll my never, team scored, was like, 80 points. Quarter. Yeah, that was fuck in you, shambles. Fuck you, Josh. And I beat Luke all three times we played. three. And I, I, I didn't lose a single game last year except to Josh. And I it lost was, to some of the tough. worst people in the league, too. I, yeah. I turned it – hey, I play best whenever the lights are the brightest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. But you wanted a Giants prediction, Luke? Yeah, give me, we know we've seen some, you know, bra team brawls in the news. What were you thinking for this year? Hey, and you see all those people retiring, like three people retiring. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I, I think those – headlines are so misleading because like joe looney the dude from the cowboys who retired right after joe judge made them all run after that fight and everything uh he was like i love he's like i didn't know this is what i came here for but he's like i love it i love the running and everything and all that and he retires the next day so that that was just bad timing it. bad timing yeah. and so the giants um i don't think i think the mc east is gonna be a lot better this year it's kind of hard to get worse what seven and nine or seven seven and nine won the division last year yeah but um i think with dak back saquon back and the redskins 
pretty revamped defense. Whoa, whoa, yeah. hey. The Washington oh, football the team. Washington we, we, dis- football as Luke team. likes to say, disavow, disavow. Come yeah, on. Yeah, disavow. There are a couple things there. I have to disavow on this podcast. I would not like to – I've never thought I would have to do. <laughs> but the uh, the fate <laughs> of the Giants season is completely in the hands of Daniel Jones. We have yeah. given him everything he needs. Um, the defense is looking fantastic. But it all comes down to the dude throwing the ball. Throw the ball no, away. I, I don't man. know. Come on. He's got to start yeah, for real. Here. He's got to start throwing it away instead of fumbling it. He's got to live um, up to his nickname, Danny Dimes. Because that's Dimes. when, he, that's when the Giants are doing good whenever he's Danny Dimes and not Daniel exactly. Jones. Exactly. But he's, we've given him everything he needs. So it's really no, if, if he doesn't do well this year, then I hope that the Bears do bad enough because we have their first round pick to draft a quarterback early. But, yeah, I don't really know. I don't have a good prediction because it's literally all in the hands of Daniel Jones. You can't listen to that training camp stuff. Because yeah. It's so misleading. I agree. I agree. All right. Um, Josh, do you want to do uh, – let's – the funny – some funny fans. You got to give – what what is – we can do that or just what's everybody's fantasy football team name going to be this year uh mine is the sloppy stakes and those are from people who have watched i think you should leave season two um it, I, I would highly recommend it a hilarious show but my team is the sloppy stakes from one of their skits they had what about y'all um i was considering doing the same thing that i did last year and just making my team name luke miller but then after further thought I was that was like, very confusing. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? No, I'm going with the Womb Raiders. Just an absolute killer name. Just, like, just nobody know, can expect it, anything from my team. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Play best whenever the lights are brightest, baby. My team name is uh, Children of the Trough. It's a little inside joke I have <laughs> with my buddies. Um, if you get it, you know. But there's a lot of meaning behind it, and the people that get it enjoy it, and I enjoy it a lot. So, have we even set up our league yet? Yeah, yeah. you got to join. Yeah, Tom. yeah, join. <laughs> I, I didn't know. Tom, what's but, your uh, team name? I uh, will probably do uh, what I have for my other league right now is Ball Sack Juan Barkley. <laughs> but I don't know. I might, <laughs> I might think of a different team name for the other league for our league because it's pretty serious. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get right into it with just some, you know, some good information and stuff. So one thing I kind of like about the draft, because it's what I always try to do that a lot of people don't do is when it gets late into the draft, a lot of people put auto draft on, they just let it go. But I love to, you know, take advantage of that and pick up players that are available in the late rounds that you could still get. So we're going to go rounds seven through later. What are what are particular players and breakout really good players you think for this season that you can get late in the round that can have like maybe a third or fourth round production level. And we're, um, we're talking about seventh round or later, right? Yep. Yes. Seventh and round I'm going to go ahead and add the stipulation. Let's not pick QBs. Yeah. Okay. I've got a couple to start off. I got Mike Williams with the chargers. Um, why that was he, my first one. Yeah, dude, he's very undervalued. I think his average draft picks like the 10th round, 8th to 10th round. 
But dude, he's going to be a solid wide receiver too. They're going to throw the ball a lot. They did last year. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of volume, and that's why he's so good. Um, my next one is Russell Gage on the Falcons. Um, he'll be a wide receiver too with Ridley this year. And last year when Julio was out and Ridley was battling injuries, he stepped up and produced Ridley numbers. And I think he can do that again this year. Maybe not as much as Ridley would, but I think potentially wide receiver two numbers. But um, definitely a flex option later on in the season. But those two really stuck out to me looking at all the players. My main one, I think, is David Johnson. Just because he went to the just Texans. just looking at that. Because he, he went to the Texans, and let's be real, they're not going to be good. They're going to be terrible. So they're going to run the ball a lot. Because Lord knows if Deshaun – I don't – Deshaun's not playing for him, right? Do We don't really – Dude, I, they've I, got him they've, – they've got him on the depth chart right now as, as the fourth team. Okay, yeah. So The he's, fourth quarterback. He, he's not going to be playing. So, with that being said, they're just going to run the ball even more. And, two, they're not going to throw the ball whenever they're down 21 points in the third quarter playing the Colts. They're going to run the ball. So, it's prime time for David Johnson to pick up some garbage time points. Um, another one for me is James Conner going to the Cardinals. I Pass-heavy offense, and I wouldn't be surprised – I mean, this is – it's not the same offense that David Johnson was in whenever he was with the Cardinals, but whenever David Johnson was there, they checked down to the court, to the running back a lot, and they're pass heavy, so I'm sure that that big potential for that to happen. They're not going to run the ball a ton, but still he's going to be a solid just plug-and-play, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so I've got a couple – my first one that came to my mind was Michael Gallup. Um, I think with – C.D. Lamb, I think he has the potential to be a second uh, round pick this year, or maybe I feel like some people may just jump the gun and take him first after watching Hard Knocks. Um, and then you've got uh, I've I think Gallup is going to be really good in that offense because even even last year or years past, Gallup has been that number three option, but still produced fantasy points and enough you know yardage and and receptions to have great production. Another one um, with your David Johnson thing, I think Philip Lindsay because he went over from the Broncos to the Texans. And I feel like Philip Lindsay, just because of how explosive and quick and younger he is, I feel like he might get more of that, of those carries because they do have a, they do have a, a backfield of Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay and David Johnson. So it's going to be weird to see how they do that, but I feel like Philip Lindsay could be one. And my, my last one was Debo Samuel. A ton of people are overlooking Debo Samuel this year because Brandon Ayuk is amazing. And Debo Samuel was hurt last year and pissed a bunch of people off in fantasy. So they're just not going to look at him. But I feel like he's going to come back healthy this year, and I feel like he's going to produce a ton. So I feel like you can get him as a steal late. Okay. Yeah. Mike Williams was my first one, but Keaton took that one. So all, right, um, all good. Uh what I like to think for when I'm drafting late round is what receivers, I mean, they might not be a great receiver, but they can still lead their team in reception. So I look to a team like the Jets and I see Elijah Moore or Corey Davis because you, you, you can steal them late. And I mean, while they might not be superstar receivers, they will probably lead their team in receptions. It was like Jamison Crowder's role last year on the Jets got him late. I think through like four games, he was like a stud receiver. I think he had like, four touchdowns in the first four games of the year but last year. But then he year. got hurt, right? Then he got hurt, and it yeah. kind of just like, yeah, it all ended. 
Um, and a lot of and that I, is kind of depending on Zach Wilson too. So that yeah, with the it Jets is. especially it is. this year dependent upon quarterback play. But then one one that I also like, uh, he was pretty good last year, rookie for the Jags last year at Laviska Chenault. Um, he he uh, he had a pretty good rookie year considering his what they had like what three different quarterbacks last year. Yeah, they had a lot. Like Mike Lennon at one point. Yeah, uh, Gardner Minshew. Uh, then they had that one dude that literally played one game for them. I don't even remember Jake what his Lutton. name. Yeah. Jake Yeah, Lutton. that's who it was. <laughs> but I think uh, Trevor Lawrence, great quarterback. And so, LaVisca Chenault could do pretty good. Because, I mean, it's really DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault. And, oh, Marvin Jones, too, but. I don't think he's going to do very well on the Jags. I think he'll be a wide receiver three on the Jags. Yeah, I agree. I saw right before this, um, Pro Football Focus did like a what if this happened, a trade between the Saints and the Jags. The Saints get C.J. Henderson, the first-round pick, and the the Jags get Michael Thomas. I was like, uh, you'd probably have to give up a lot more than a – been a second year quarter cornerback for Michael Thomas. But two, I mean, that kind of depends on I, I don't know what that tweet means. What you guys know what I'm talking about. Was it Michael Thomas it, on a massive contract? I, yeah. Yeah. Is it the 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 whole like cryptic you, message thing he did? Yeah, they'll say you'll only listen to one side of the story and then well, because you, you they, they posted that thing saying he ignored the Saints for like three months or whatever. But I guess he didn't mean it and bad way or something and he was mad that they posted the article and said it that way but i don't know because I mean, man it, it could turn into another like aaron Rodgers situation i guess and they yeah. can dump him off you know yeah thomas i like yeah. your uh thought process in late rounds getting like receivers with high potential to get catches especially in a ppr league um, that's really shitty cool. teams yeah and i like chanel a lot i think he's the best wide receiver on that team watching him last year he's quick he catches everything thrown to him, and I think he mm-hmm. has potential to be wide receiver two this year. I mean, he might even be wide receiver one. I don't know yeah. how good DJ Chark's going to be. We've never really seen much out of him since he's been in the league. Yeah, yeah, like, he's 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 produced, but not like to that level. Yeah, I think Chenault has like that next level stuff that we only got to see him his rookie year, and usually receivers their second year kind of step up a lot. And I yeah. think he's one of those guys. I think Judy's one of those guys, but um. Ayuk, there's a lot of them, but uh, I like that strategy late in the rounds, just getting guys that you know will get the ball and know that will get you maybe seven, eight points a week, just at least just off catches. Especially in the 10, 10 12 person leagues. Yeah. One of my questions I had kind of going into our next topic is breakout players. And a breakout player we had last year that Tom knows I was going to buy a jersey of him if he would have won me my league was AJ Brown. I loved AJ Brown last year. He got like, it was like 20 plus points, like almost every single game. And he had a ton of production in fantasy, but do y'all like, I don't think he will, but do you think he will still, you know, not the same production, but kind of half of what he did last year with the addition of Julio Jones? Hell yes. I think he's going to be the best receiver on the Titans. Top five really? receiver, arguably, yes. I think. I think he's going to be the best receiver on the Titans. Well, I mean, Julio, the thing is with Julio last year, he's been hurt kind of coming out, and he's getting older, so that's definitely not helping his case. But if it's Julio is coming out as 
if if Julio's the Julio that we all know, then that I don't think there's a shot in the world. But there is a shot if Julio's not at full strength, which, like I said, very good chance since he's getting older. Yeah, and and the thing about AJ Brown is he's he's not the deep threat like Julio. AJ Brown can catch a slant and run for fifty yards. Like AJ Brown is is a great wide receiver, and the, his like kind of stature just helps him by how good he is, and he's extremely strong too. But one thing that kind of hurts his production to a certain point is they've got just an absolute tractor at running back who they're going to run 30, 40 times a game. So then they're yeah, not well, going to throw was, the ball as much. That was also kind of the same thing they had last year, but he still yeah, put up great numbers. Year. Yeah, yeah, he put up really good numbers. Yeah, but he, once you add in Julio there too, then that's kind of – that's that, when it kind of all starts. That is, that is true. Him. He did have Corey Davis on the other side who – definitely doesn't have the production that Julio has but it that might that's why I'm thinking that's why I'm thinking it might take his production down a little bit but I still think he's going to be insanely good because he's he's not going to be a uh, wide receiver that has a one-hit wonder he's an insanely good yeah. wide receiver I think um, Julio is going to take away those like uh, good corners off AJ Brown and kind of make you be less like you can't just stack the box against the Titans anymore but I think AJ Brown is the like capability of being a top five wide receiver um i think julio is probably going to be mediocre this year even though it's julio he's going to have a good year but not like a julio year that we we're used to um i think aj brown just brings so much to the table with deep deep balls he can run after the catch he i mean uh Tannehill loves him so i think he's just going to keep on producing and i think he could arguably be one of the best receivers this year i agree um so let's hop right into breakout players. What are just a couple of breakout players y'all think will make a huge impact this year that weren't really – that produced a little bit but not as much? I'll give my first one because I love him. It's T. Higgins. He'll, he's going to be a breakout star because nine – he was targeted at least nine times in each game last year, had 900 yards total the entire season, 600 touchdowns with Burrow. And that, that was just with Burrow. Even after Burrow, he had games of 125 yards plus. I know it will be a little bit less because of um, because of Jamar Chase, but I still think he's going to put in high production value. Yeah, I had him last year, and I would watch the game. I would watch the games You're last muted, year. You. Are you? No, I don't think so. Am I muted? No, we my, can my audio. No, you're good. Sorry. You're good. I can hear okay. you. Um, T. Higgins literally got the ball thrown to him pretty much every other play. I mean, he would get open. I mean, he wouldn't catch all the balls because, I mean, they're both rookies. But I think that's the guy to go to right now. That's the wide receiver one. Jamar Chase hasn't been doing good in camp. Um, but I think he's going to get a lot of targets and catches again this year. But um, one other guy I like is, of course, uh, Brandon Ayuk and – Jerry Judy. I like those two a lot, and I think they're going to have a breakout year. And I think they could be wide receiver two, maybe even wide receiver one at the end of the year, depending on who you have. But Ayuk, with hopefully Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo playing well, he'll produce a lot. And Jerry Judy, he's just – I mean, that ball thrown by Drew Locke was horrible that I saw, but he still caught it and brought it in. But those two guys are high on my list to draft, like the fifth or sixth round. And I think they can definitely – I think they have a, the highest ceiling possible out of the receivers that you can get around there. 
I think one guy that can have a big breakout year this year, and we kind of talked about him in the hard knocks, is C.D. Lamb. He Because he had a really solid rookie year last year, but he could take it to the next level this next year. A lot of it is hinging on Dak. There's a lot of what-ifs. But he, if he hits that next level, then there's no way he's coming back down from it. I agree. Uh, this player's already been mentioned in the previous category, but I think that the breakout player that I have chosen that I also chose the late draft player is Mike Williams. Um, because he was like what the 15th pick in like 2017, 2016, whatever it was. And he, he has glimpses of being a first round talent. Like he'll make some catches and you don't even see many other people in the league make catches like he does but then he'll like he'll have like a super sick play and then nothing will happen for like three weeks but I think that has a lot to do with Philip Rivers being his quarterback and the fact that uh he is a deep threat um so I think with the addition of uh Herbert and Herbert having a year under his belt and being more comfortable in the league and probably being a lot more comfortable letting it fly even more so than he was last year I think that uh Mike Williams will be the main beneficiary of that. Yeah, a couple other players I had too. I might be crazy, but I think A.J. Brown – I mean, A.J. – Antonio Brown, sorry. I think Antonio Brown is actually going to do really good this year. We saw him – I think Tom Brady has fixed him and brought him back down to earth, so he's chill. But And he, he played good in the Super Bowl, and he played good in the playoffs too. I think he's going to have really high production – um, it is going to be tough when you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin as well and Gronk, but also I think Robbie Anderson could be one as well. Cause I think Sam Darnold could, Sam Darnold could put up some good numbers. So Robbie Anderson could also be a wide receiver or a player you could get late in the draft in the seventh round as well. You can even get him maybe six or, or so. I, I think you can get him pretty late. Um, Daryl Henderson, as we talked about the cam makers injury, Daryl Henderson is going to be the starting running back. And he had he was very productive last year, so that could be a running back that people could people could forget about, and you could take him earlier in the draft. Um, maybe maybe not as early as some top running backs would get picked in the first or second round, but maybe with the maybe with the fourth or fifth. Um, and also, I had Elijah Moore, just like you talked about uh, last one, uh, Tom. But I think Rondale Moore as well. I've seen some stuff out of him from camp and he looks like he's been balling out for the Cardinals. And I mean, we know Christian Kirk kind of really doesn't do much. They have DeAndre Hopkins as well. Um, but AJ Green is there, but he's kind of but we know how old he's gotten. So I think Rondell Moore has a has the capability to be a Tyree Kill type player, but those are mine. I have one more. Uh, I drafted him in fantasy last year, and he did not do that well till the very end. Keaton's going to like this one. It's the boy Jonathan Taylor. He showed signs of being, like, a very good running back towards the end of the year last year. He rushed for, like, like 230 yards in one game. Yep. Yeah, he did. He he looked great out there. Uh, The only thing that's the issue is that the – Colts run that like three running backs so you never know which running back like literally some some games it was Naeem Hines I'm pretty sure like one game it was Jordan Wilkins or whatever it was and then uh, other games it was Jonathan Taylor but I think 
the way that Jonathan Taylor uh, ended last season solidified him as the RB1 for the Colts. And I think he has a very good shot having an insane year, especially with that O-line that he has. And the good news that Quentin Nelson will probably be back sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, even if he doesn't get as many carries, he's shown that he can produce, like get 100 yards with like less than 20 carries. I mean, he's, he can break it out. Naheem Hines is more of a receiving back, but Jonathan Taylor, I'm kind of scared about him too, but I think he's definitely still a first-round pick in my opinion if you're in a 12-man league. He's probably around 10 to 13 overall, but it could be higher if there was no Hines or Marlon Mack. But I'm really high on him this year. Even drafting Naeem Hines if you're in PPR, drafting him really late in case something does happen or if he actually just does really good and he plays a lot more. But it's just that's a big question mark right now for fantasy, like in the first round for me. Yeah. All right. Let's get into let's get into some players, players you might want to avoid this year in the draft, just by mainly just the team they're on, um, the weapons around them. If, if it's a court, if it's a wide receiver and they have a terrible quarterback or a running back with a horrible offensive line, who are some players that? you know, people should avoid this year in the draft. Miles Sanders, easy. Really? They run the ball 10 times a game last year with Wentz. I mean, dude, is a freaking stud, and they don't run the ball. They don't have an O-line. They have Jalen Hurts now who's going to run the ball a lot. I mean, his role is kind of like non-existent for how good he is. But um, Miles Sanders really just sticks out to me, and he's people still draft him in the third round, which is kind of ridiculous when you could get Honestly, Chris Carson or Miles Gaskin around there or J.K. Dobbins. But um, he's he I love Miles Sanders, but his team just doesn't do enough for him to give him the opportunity to be good in fantasy, which is pretty disappointing. I'm going to go ahead and say a projected second round pick, Nick Chubb, just because like he's really what? good. Really what? good. What split carries with Kareem Hunt? I love that. I love just Josh always drops bombs, man. Dude, that kid might be my like my first round pick. Honestly, what overall? I'm I'm personally avoiding him for personal reasons. Tenth overall, I'm hoping he's there, but he's not going to be there. Yeah, because I'm going to take him at five, Luke. Maybe this is smoke screen. Cool. All right, I'll go. I know who I'll go ten. Wait, who who do you want tenth? Who do you want tenth? I don't know, man. Najee Harris. <laughs> that is that is though a good player. Shut up. Shut up. He's, no, he's, dude, they're gonna stop. run the ball like crazy. Yes, but first round for running for a rookie running not, back. Not like first like, round, not first round, but if you're looking to go you back. You just to said back, for the tenth pick. I drafted for the tenth in the first round last year. <laughs> Same here. Horrible. But if you're if, yeah. if you're looking at if you're looking at doing a back to back running back in the first round, running back in the second round. And you have kind of a middle of the pack pick, and you let's say with the fifth pick, you picked you picked Nick Chubb, and then a bunch of other running good other running backs, and you were looking to go take. back to back, got taken. Najee Harris wouldn't be a bad pickup to get right there as well. He's I'm gonna thinking get like Austin Eckler, if like Austin Eckler is gonna be there too. You know, you know, Austin Eckler did the same thing that Kenyon Drake did. He told all of his uh, fans, he said, "If you want fantasy points, draft me." Remember when Kenyon Drake did that last year and just sucked? Well, still, 
Eckler. Oh crap! Who else was one? I got some things to say about Eckler at some point. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so I have I've drafted Austin Eckler since 2018, 2018, 2019, 2020, and I picked him up on the waiver in 2017. He has always been a sleeper, but he's always performed really well. For some reason, this year, people are he's so overhyped now. Like he's like, people are saying has the potential to be top three in the league when literally I can just name off Camara, CMC, Derek Henry, Dalvin cook, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, just like, like that. And yeah, there, there is a top tier that you just can't get into. Yeah. And I mean, Eckler, he's a, he is a good fantasy um, running back because he gets a lot of receptions, but so I wrote some of this down. He's rushed for 100 yards one time in four seasons, and it was 101 yards. And that was back when Phillip Rivers was the quarterback. He has three games receiving 100 yards in his career, and that was all with Phillip Rivers as his quarterback. I feel like with Phillip Rivers, he was more of like – Phillip Rivers, like, before he snapped the ball, he knew he was throwing it to Austin Eckler on the dump off. With Justin Herbert, I feel like it's more of a – I don't see anybody open, so I'm throwing it to Eckler. Or if they um, put Eckler out wide to play receiver, that's where he'd get it. But I don't see Eckler getting as many um, receptions this year as he did, and that's why he was always so good in PPR because he doesn't – he has more receiving yards in his career than he does uh, rushing yards. He actually averages 100 more receiving yards each season than he does rushing yards. He averages 457 rushing yards a year and 558 receiving yards a year Jeez. so i know so and, and most of that came with philip rivers he had his career high in catches uh was 15 catches and that came with philip rivers three he has he has four games in his career with 10 plus catches three of those came with philip rivers and um and he only scores four and four and a half touchdowns a season that's his average in his four seasons so well, just go ahead and fucking blow up my argument then i guess tom I mean, no, that I, is a good I, – I didn't know that. That's a good point. <laughs> Austin Eckler was – I've always that, loved him as, like, a late guy to pick up, but everyone's, like, putting him out there uh, as, like, a yeah. – could be running back three – could be a top three running back fantasy this year, and I just don't see it at yeah. all. I'm not saying I he's bad. I'm saying he's a good pick still, but don't expect the production that you think you're going to get. One if, guy, if, if someone in your league takes him with their – what, a third He's pick? averaging second round, I think. He's going like I see a lot of first now. round crap. Yeah, I see a That's lot insane, of first round stuff. Dude. Really? really? Well, we, we know. Yeah. Well, well, here's the thing how you know each draft works. The first three people are going to take Derrick Henry or Christian McCaffrey and then Saquon or Nick Chubb. And then there's going to be that one guy that takes Pat Mahomes. There's going to be that one guy that takes Pat Mahomes. Always. It'll be always. Huge. It is <laughs> not going to be me. Right I around the turn, I, you'll be like, I didn't get him in the first round. I got him in the second no, round. I won't. I won't. I won't get him. Hey, he I, was I, there. He was there. I had to reach a little bit. I, but you I never, mean, whenever I mean, you I have don't... a generational talent like him on the board, you have to reach. I don't, do, I don't do quarterback until like maybe fifth or sixth round. Because I'm seven. Because it's running maybe. back. And then my strategy is running back, then wide receiver, or even running back, then tight end. Because a tight end can be huge for you in fantasy. Okay. I, I think, yeah, I like that. I think Kelsey's the only one you should get. Yeah, I got I got Kelsey with my third pick last year, and he he was insane. Yeah, he's basically a receiver, and there's like no good tight ends this year. But really, I think the strategy is like get running backs when you can. I'm looking at my list right now, 
after like Clyde Edwards Alaire or Joe Mixon, the best one after that's like Chris Carson or Miles Gaskin. And then the, it just you're getting guys that are second string after that. Yeah. The one guy yeah. that I really want to oh were you still going, Keaton? No, I'm good. Uh the one guy I really want to get y'all's opinion on is DeAndre Swift. Because that's a guy he could be really good this year, really bad. He's another one kind of like Eckler. I feel like to where he could be really good or really bad. And Dan Campbell coming in, I feel like that really helps his draft stock. As well. I, I think, I think, I mean, they have Jared Goff in there. So we know Jared Goff's a great quarterback, but they don't have any great wide receivers around them. All they have no great Kenny Galladay's not there anymore. I don't think Marvin Jones is there anymore. They don't have any good wide receivers. TJ Hawkinson's the only good, good, you know, passing option they have. But that's why I think, on your point, Josh, I think they're going to run the ball like crazy. And Dan Campbell just went and got Panay Sewell with the, yeah. with the seventh pick. So they're going to run the ball like crazy. And I think uh, DeAndre Swift was good last year. So I think he'll put up really good numbers, even, maybe worth, even better. Is he worth drafting in the second round now? Because that's no. what I saw. I mean, that's where I see. No. But I don't think any, he'll slip any later. Somebody's going to I think Probably I think it'll be – I think he, yeah, he's also receiving back, too. So he's receiving yeah. back who is on a team that has no receivers. So, I mean, he could get a lot of production for real. Yeah. And he doesn't have the greatest quarterback, a quarterback who's looking to just dump it off to the running back before he snaps the ball. Yeah, but you also got – I think around there you probably got, like, Calvin Ridley, DK, D-Hop. You got all those guys around, like, the turn for if you drafted yeah. early. So, I mean, it's just depending on what kind of path you want to take. You could get – two really good receivers or you could kind of not necessarily reach on uh, DeAndre Swift, but like kind of expect him to put up those numbers like you were saying, Josh. And I think he can do it, but I just yeah. think he could not too, which is kind of scary, but I think he, he'll have a pretty good year. I agree. All right. Now we're going to go into our X factor wild card player. This, this is a, these are predictions for players that you could take in the draft. You can, they, you would want to take them high, Players that you think can single-handedly or single-handedly if they had to, but if they don't have to, it's perfect, win you a game each and every week. So that give that get amazing numbers and points each week that put up stats like crazy, just predictions. So my first one I have, I have one that not too many people are going to be familiar with or that not too many people expect. I'm going to do Calvin Ridley because with the loss of Julio Jones, Matt Ryan is still I'm familiar not... with Calvin Ridley. You said yes, I may not okay, be familiar. Yes, I'm familiar yes, with him. Thank I, you. I know that, but I'm talking about familiar like as a as a top star. He put up insane numbers last year. He was in the top five of fantasy wide receivers last year. He scored what was what is this area here? 281.5 points the entire year. In, insane numbers. Um some people think that he's not going to put as many numbers up because Matt Ryan's declining and the addition of Kyle Pitts, but I think he's, I think he's going to be great. Um, and then just my obvious one, I'm going to go um, Josh Allen. He's probably going to be the MVP this year. He's That's just what I was going to say. Yeah. He's, he's just a monster. I think he's going to get like close to maybe 25 plus points a game. I think it's going to be insane. But what are y'all's? Um, since you took mine. I'll go next. That was that was my uh, lock. 
Um, I think D hop is definitely a guy, especially in a pass heavy cliff Kingsbury offense. That is the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray. Now D hop's going to be majority of the targets 100% of the time. And he's just, he's just a dude. He'll go out there and make it happen. He's getting a little bit older, but we saw what he could do with a solid quarterback with um, Deshaun Watson and uh, another guy, a big, I don't know, DK. He could be that level this year or he could not. I mean, that's just one guy that I feel like could slide into that kind of tier. All right. Um, I've got one that is really good. That's kind of undervalued right now is Aaron Jones with the Packers. Um, he gets very limited carries, but he's averaging 1,500 total yards a year even though he doesn't run the ball that much. And he averages 12 and a half touchdowns a year, which is a lot. And he's finished top five running backs since he's since after his rookie season. I think he's just going to keep on doing that. And I think he might be the top running back this year with Rodgers and Devontae. But this one I might get some, like, questions on. But Tom Brady for quarterback. I think he's going to have 45 touchdowns this year around there. Whoa, I mean, whoa. Dude, okay. It, it's the same offense, but Luke, you talked about it before. Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, uh, Mike Evans, Gronk, and he's got Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Dude, he's got playoff Lenny. And yeah. who's the quarterback? Who's the other running back they had? Ronald Jones. Deshaun, oh, Ronald yeah, Jones. Ronald. They don't that is that. another guy I forgot about breakout player. You can get him as a running back as well. But Tom Brady has the ability to do like have a manning season with the Broncos. I totally see that happening because Manning had uh, Julius Thomas, Demarius Thomas, and he had um, Emmanuel Sanders. And this is all just like a perfect year for Brady. And I think he could finish up there with Mahomes and Josh Allen this year, and he can get him in like the ninth or 10th round. But I knew I would get some questions on that, but I think he's going to do really good this year. Yeah. He's always going to put up good numbers. I mean, with that, with those with that talent around him yeah he finished top five last year somehow and he was just so under the radar mm-hmm. all right so my my good pick i'm I, I got russell wilson we as we all know there's not a better athlete in the world than russell wilson in the first six games of every nfl season um yeah but uh i think this year he is in an extremely competitive division i mean the quarterbacks in the division are uh Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, and either Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo. So, I mean, when Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo is the worst quarterback in your division, I mean, that's a pretty good division. And um, Russell Wilson loves the competitiveness. So I think that in um, environments like that, he'll, he's going to thrive. So I hope he can get over that six-game hump and just have a good season and hopefully get at least one MVP vote. <laughs> uh, and then the other one that I have is – the counterpart to your guy, Luke, uh, I got Kyle Pitts. Um, if he's going to be listed as a tight end, which I hope he is, but he kind of reminds me of Travis Kelsey. He is basically a wide receiver playing tight end. And I mean, Matt Ryan is somewhat on the decline, but Matt Ryan, he excels really well. And um, I mean, his, his passing all around is really good, uh, short, medium and deep. So um, I think a guy like Kyle Pitts, it's 
Atlanta was probably a good place for him to go uh, if he wants a decent quarterback. And I think that he could very easily thrive there and have a great rookie season and potentially finish like top four tight ends in fantasy. I like that. I think, I think he's going to have insane production value. I don't like, like you said, opening lines up a tight end. I think he can not only line up a tight end, but wide out, wide out, you know, he can, he can go all the way out and you can go up against a DB because, because he's six six two forty runs. What, what was it? A four, four or four, six longest wingspan in NFL history too. And like, that's insane. He's, he's just going to be a beast. And Matt Ryan is consistent. I, I love Matt yeah. Ryan. I've never had a problem with him. Yeah, he has problems in some particular games and drops the ball. But when he's on one in a game, he's very consistent with yeah. the deep ball, especially. All right. Now I want to get into um, – now I want to get into – we talked about fantasy names earlier. Let's get into some punishments. So, Josh, I know you wanted to talk about this. What, what do you all have is just some hilarious and good fantasy punishments that people could use for – the person in the league who just sucks at fantasy football. My favorite is from the Game of Thrones episode where Cersei has to walk naked and they do the shaming. So you got to adjust it a little bit. You go to a very crowded place. You make them hold a sign that says, I suck at fantasy football. And they walk and you, the league surrounds them and just holds bells and j- jingles the bells. Is that shakes the bells, makes the bells ring. And uh, just say shame over and over again, and that will bring public shame upon them for eternity. Um, uh, this one's kind of extreme, but um, the Waffle House one I like a lot. But something along those lines is like getting a Greyhound bus ticket for someone and making them ride a bus all the way somewhere and making them have to come all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> Just for that's, fun, just because they said that's, that's, okay, that's, that that's, that's, that's a funny that's a, that's a funny one. So I that uh, might be I, uh might be uh tangible for this year. Um just yeah. sure we want to get. Oh my gosh, dude. If I if, if I had to take a Greyhound to like let's let's say Wichita, Kansas and pay for all the way pay for it <laughs> and everything, I'd be so mad. I'd be so mad. Okay, I'm actually about to look up like reasonable greyhound places that you could get pretty far i think there's from. one in fayetteville there is we can you yeah. can definitely get to kansas city i'm sure yeah i think probably it's even there. dallas dude, dude that you're was thinking suck. too small picture i'm thinking about ever since keaton Sending said that you to like somewhere Mexico. in the middle of <laughs> if, nowhere if you're, t- if you're telling you across me, the border if you're gonna send me to to washington dc i'm gonna lose my shit um, I'm thinking about small town America. You just got to go and experience the culture there. Oh my god! You you got to sit down and have dinner at like one of the local restaurants. One of my uh, one of my thoughts I had. Uh, my 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 brothers actually do this. They um, they the loser has to take the the ACT in their school uniform, like sign up for it and everything. And that I would just public be public school. I don't wear no uniform. Okay. Okay. That would just be hell, dude. That would suck. I just Having... thought of well, – I just came up with the best Greyhound thing. Sorry, Luke, for cutting you off. But, no, uh, you're good. Cedar Rapids, Iowa. That, that is, is where perfect. I would send somebody. That's a good waste of two days right there. 
going oh my to Cedar gosh. Rapids, Iowa. You'd have to do it just on the weekend. It'd have to be on the weekend. It'd have to be like a, a some break or something. But yeah, I think the the ACT one is funny. Also, just just the the casual, just stand on the busiest corner in the city. Got to wear a dress, um, just the dress, and you got to wear a sign that just says "I suck at fantasy football." Or you go and do that at the mall or something. Those are always just hilarious. Tom, did you already say one or no? No, you guys. I mean, I can't really think of I can't really top anything like that. Uh, I don't know. I've never really done like the, the I like the Waffle House one. Those that's the only like extreme one I've ever seen like actually be documented. I've seen a few people do that one. That's you have to stay for twenty four hours, right? Like yeah. each waffle is an hour off. Yep. I like that one, especially because we got a Waffle House in Fayetteville. The best Here's- one in the world. Yeah. Here's yeah. another one that you could do the Giannis challenge. 50 nuggets, but if they have to throw up at all, they restart and oh, they have to pay that, for it oh all. My God. Is it? <laughs> Dude, that's half, hell. Half a lemonade and half a sprite. Isn't that it? No ice. No, no ice. ice. Yeah. Oh, Dude, that, that would, would be, be hell. Awesome. That, that, that would... actually may take the cake. 50 nuggets. We got it. And it's chick, it's the minis. Yes. Oh, yeah, Dude, no. that's that's impossible and that's also like it's how not impossible you, you could do it you, you you could do it over a certain amount of time you'd have to just like but, the next day you'd have to work out for like 16 hours straight like oh my gosh because it's not it's not just the chicken nuggets it's, it's the, the bread. bread too the that's bread so, like what yeah. what i think the best way to like try to go at that is probably eat all the bread or no eat all the nuggets first and then, then at the you end, go after just, the bread and then when you do the bread you dip Water. the bread in the yes. sauce what yeah you do yep. joey chestnut style i like that that's, that's the like only way that you could like feasibly do that right, your, your human body 600 calories oh my god well and just think about if you throw up you gotta you gotta restart oh my gosh <laughs> Um, those are some good ones. They're definitely, I, I do like, we, we got to keep those in mind for, for our league. That's hilarious. Definitely the, the chicken minis, the fucking Greyhound. (laughs) Um, definitely the Waffle House. Um, yeah, those are pretty good. Um, all right. Let's get into something I really like to do. And I know Tom is the, the warrior. How to read and how to successfully navigate the waiver wire. It's something you have to be on top of your game all the time and always be paying attention to NFL news and just things going on with your team and how each player is doing. You know, maybe I need to pick up a running back right here because this guy has a bye at this point and the team he plays there, he might be hurt. Like how do like Tom, I'll go to you since you're the, since you are the man for this, how do you successfully read the waiver wire? Sometimes the waiver wire is just a shot in the dark. It's just, I mean, you can, you might be, you might do the best research possible. You might have it down to a T and you might be like, oh, I'm picking this guy because both the other receivers are hurt. Um, and you're picking over a guy who's just like their wide receiver three and the guy you pick scores zero points. And the guy that you could have picked like 20 point week. But um, the best way to read it is the same way you are when you're drafting in late rounds uh take um 
people who you think will get the most receptions for the team, like check the injury report for the whatever team you you're taking someone from. Uh, and that's the same. That's the same for uh, running backs and wide receivers. Tight ends is kind of a weird one because outside of um, tight end, like the best, what three, four tight ends in the league, that doesn't really get. There's not really crap past that. They don't do very well. Um, I know there was one week last year where, for some reason, the Jets uh, tight end, what was it, C.J. Hernd- Herndon or whatever is Chris Herndon? That was Chris his name. Herndon, yeah. Yeah, and um, it was him and Jonu Smith on the waiver wire. Chris Herndon was uh, first on the waiver wire, and Jonu Smith was like fourth. And I took a I took a gamble because I can't remember who was out. Delaney I think Walker. it was when AJ Brown had just gone out for oh. the Titans when he just gotten hurt after like week three or whatever it yeah. was. And I so I picked Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith um, before halftime had like twenty two points, including like a seventy yard reception and two touchdowns. So uh, that's the way you got to read it. Sometimes it just screws you. It's but you can make educated guesses, but it doesn't always cash out in your favor. But that's fantasy football. But you got to learn how to read the wire wire, especially for um, bye weeks, because you might not experience injuries. But if you just got a stacked team, but you don't know how, who to pick up whenever your best players have buys, that's how you lose. And then defenses, um, you kind of have to watch football to pick a de- good defense. I mean, sometimes a defense will just go off randomly for like 30 points because they'll score like two defensive touchdowns. But other than that, and then kickers, I mean, you can, that's pretty easy to pick. You can just pick, typically with kicker, you can just pick the kicker that's number one in the waiver wire. Yeah. The thing that's, the thing that's the waiver wire that it's always, I've found the easiest and really helpful is quarterbacks. Because when you have your quarterback that has a bye this week, there are usually good quarterbacks you can pick up on the waiver wire for that one weekend. Like say, like I think it's um, like say if it's Baker Mayfield and he's playing the Jags or Baker Mayfield, he's playing the Texans or like someone like that with not a great defense and you know he's going to put up great numbers, you can just put him in for that spot right there and then drop him after that week. So that's that's why the waiver wire with quarterbacks are pretty good. What, what do y'all think, Keaton and Josh? Um, I think you got to read the waiver wire order first because if some guy pops off one week and you're fifth or sixth, you got to know that you're probably not going to get him. And so you kind of got to manage who you want to drop and who you need. Like, it would be awesome if I picked up, like like you said, Johnny Smith, or I could, like, look long-term and see a guy that has potential to be good and just kind of pick him up and hopefully he does good but really you just got to pay attention to the little things because if you waste your waiver wire pickup and you don't even get them I mean you don't get anybody for the week really and I mean you just got to pick your battles a little bit Um, if you know like some guys coming up try and get them as soon as you can but I mean if he just has a breakout game for the first two weeks and you're a pretty solid team just call it quits or you can just try and lose and try and get the the guys that are showing out to start, but um, really it's just what I do is just pay attention to the small things. And when I know my defense is having a buy coming up, I kind of pick my defense in advance. So I don't have to kind of compete for that waiver wire with someone else. Um, 
So I try and get ahead in that way, but um, that's really all I do. I try and just see who I can get, see what waiver wire position and see like, maybe I can't get a Johnny Smith or like a, maybe T Higgins was a free, like a waiver wire pickup last year. But I mean, it just all depends. Uh, I just kind of say, fuck it and try to get whoever I can. If I can't, oh, well. With defenses also, like I know last year, literally <laughs> all you had to do was just pick up the defense that was playing the Jets. And I did that I mean, so year, many times. Every year, so many times. just that team that you just pick up the defense playing. Like this year, probably be the Texans because like who is their offense going to be? So um, it's that that's a, every year. And that's always a smart thing to do if uh, the team that is playing them isn't already on someone's team. Yeah, nothing is worse than getting having your defense put up like negative five points, giving up 40 points. I mean, that's just demoralizing. But um, you can save that just by looking at matchups for like future weeks. But kickers is easy. Just get someone that can kick the ball. Not like uh, what's his name on the Bears? Uh, Cody Parkey? Cody, Cody Parkey. Parkey. Don't get that guy. That I think he's starting this year. But anybody else, I would say keep – Young How Koo or whatever his name is. Yes. Young yes. Quay. Yeah. And Jason Sanders. Those are the only two you can keep. Don't drop one. One. Um, it might be a homer pick, but he's a he can kick the kick for distance. And he's just a not Prater, yeah. yes. And Boy. Brandon McManus yep. is a good, he's a consistent kicker. i I always pick him just because it's on the Broncos and he's a good, he'll put up good points. Hey. I Graham Gano. Yeah, one field goal last year out of like thirty-five. So is he? On Who the was it? Giants. On Giants. Okay. Who was it? I picked someone. Ah, oh, there was a. Who's the kicker for the Texans? Oh, Jamie Fairbairn. Fairbairn. Was it? Was Fairbairn. It? Yes, I yeah. got him like three years in a row, and I think it was one year for two weeks straight. He led my team in scoring with like twenty-three points. Like yeah. it was like it's insane because they would kick so many field goals, but. Yeah, I it's crazy. Um all right, let's go. Should we go kind of some tips on how to in certain like if you have a certain draft draft pick, kind of what strategy we would suggest? Okay, I have something that is just I I want to get y'all's opinion on it. I kind of brainstormed it. I, I I let Keaton know. Um, so you get the 10th overall pick. You go Travis Kelsey for – well, wait. That's not going to work. Well, my, my whole thing feed was – Feed me these. Yeah. Feed me these because I'm my, not the 10th pick. My, my whole thing, you just go ahead and you draft two tight ends with your first two picks. You take number two and three, be electric. Uh, you dem- no. you own the market. Screw over everyone in the league. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's not Trade even bait, like – baby. At that point, or, it's not even like I'm trying to win. It's just fuck everybody. Else. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have <laughs> want to see the world, so burn. I'm not going to do that. Um, but I think I think kind of the strategy, how you do where you are in the draft, kind of depends on the depth level of certain positions in the draft. Because we know you talk about Keaton, how the depth of running backs, really good running backs this year, is yeah. not that doesn't go that deep. So if you're in, if you have maybe like, like, let's just say you had the fourth overall pick and you want to go running back heavy. What would you suggest you do? 
Um, really, I mean, how, how I do it is basically just value picking. Um, if you see something like D hop drop to you in that position, get, get D hop. But really, if you want to go that route, you kind of got to look for a guy that's going to get volume and get a lot of carries. Um, not like, like Clyde Edwards, Alaire would be perfect or Joe Mixon even, uh, Joe Mixon slander is appropriate right now. Um, I'm not too <laughs> high on him, but he will get a lot of volume. So really, if you have an early pick, you just got to look for guys that can do that and get you the like the points that they could get, um, just the opportunities too. But really, it's kind of tricky. Um, it, it just depends on what you want to do. I don't see you going wrong any way you go. But um, really, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Joe Mixon would probably be, like, the two I would, like, go for. Maybe Antonio Gibson if he drops. But I think that's the easiest way to go, too, long-term, because you don't want Miles Gaskin or J.K. Dobbins or guys like that that could kind of fall off. But um, I really think running back heavy early on is just safer for your team long-term rather than going receiver heavier, getting receiver with your first pick. Yeah, I, I agree. I think – so in my case with the 10th pick, the 10th pick is always – I say the best picks in the draft are number one and number two and then number 10 and number nine because those are right around where you can have back-to-back picks and you can, you can have your eye on two players that you take with your first – and then when it comes back to you, you can still have him because you're only a couple of picks in between. That's why having in the middle, like that fifth or sixth pick is always kind of tough because you're like, you're just kind of playing with your, like, you're like, what's going I don't know what to do. Like you kind of have to play the waiting game. I love the fifth or sixth pick just because why? you're getting, like I, the I worst just, that's, that's what I the love. worst pick in the that's whole draft. Like because then you, you can get a solid guy in each round. To win in the 10th pick, you're kind of picking from scraps, especially in the first round. And then you could be reaching in the second round if you really want a guy, but he's not going to be there whenever you draft again in the third. I just like having options. I feel like you can pivot way easier in the middle of the middle of a round compared to like a one or two whenever you're kind of like, okay, this guy's a second round talent and he fell to me. I kind of have to take him whenever you really enjoy this other guy thomas what do you think what's your strategy uh definitely running back first uh and definitely a running back that catches passes so i say if you have first second or third pick i'd say definitely Kamara and cmc are priorities in that maybe i mean derrick henry doesn't catch passes but he gets so many freaking yards and touchdowns like, he's bound to have two 200-yard games a year, and whenever he rushes for 200 yards, he always seems to score, like, three touchdowns. Um, so, uh, and then another player that I think, not just being biased, Saquon Barkley is back, and he caught a lot of passes um, out of the backfield when he was healthy. And in a PPR standpoint, that is ideal for running back. Um, but then like, so I have the third pick, so I definitely probably do running back. And when it comes back through to me, I think 
um, best would be either I doubt Travis Kelsey will be there, but I'll probably pick a wide receiver and then on the snake back through the third round, I'd pick a mid-value running back. So running backs are the most replaceable position in fantasy, but they're also the hardest um, position to have a – yeah, they're the player. hardest to replace. You're exactly too. right. They're the most yeah. replaceable, but they're the hardest to replace too, with yeah. solid production. Yeah, Luke, I think we have like the perfect spot at nine and ten to get two yep. solid running backs that might yeah. not be. They could be top ten, pretty much. But then again, like one through three, maybe even four, you get the four best running backs in the league that you know will produce in and out. But like. Right there, you can get two safe running backs, and then you can try and get these guys that we've been talking about, like uh, Iok, Jerry Judy that I've been talking about, Mike Williams, um, uh, C.D. Lamb, all those guys later on to build your team around those two running backs. And I think it makes your draft a lot easier just not having to look at running backs. The, what the do you think, thing, Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, that's going into my mindset. I'm going running back, back-to-back. Back. I'm going to get the best running back I can get back to back. And I have one in my mind that I think will be there at that position. And maybe another one I can get at that position as well. I'm not going to say it because someone's definitely going to take it. You, no, you no, got to make, no, you have Nick to Chubb's say it. Be gone. You got to yeah, let the viewers know. Who is it, Luke? Someone's, <laughs> God, I'm, I'm, someone's going to screw me over. You got to tell me. I want. You got to tell me. You got to say it. You say I, it then, Keaton. I'll say I want Aaron Jones. I said it. I don't care I want, if he's drafted. I love Aaron Jones. I want Dalvin Cook. I love Dalvin Cook. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I know who I'm taking that. He's not, Dalvin, getting, he's not getting to 10. Dalvin Cook might? No. Luke's, Luke's, no. Not, Luke's not smoking crack. He's doing something. Dude, else. I got him. I, mean, I, I, had on, the first, I had the first pick last year in one of my drafts, and I got him. No, I had the third pick, and I got him on the second come around. I got – I think it was, it was someone yeah, with that the third. Was last year, Luke. Coming off a torn ACL, wasn't he? Uh, yes, was he? yes, he <laughs> was. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a good. Fucking get him. Uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'm going to get somebody. Okay, All don't right, worry well, about it. I'll get somebody. Um, but yeah, I do agree. But the thing about the thing that does kind of suck with that nine and ten position, Keaton, is you go back to back running backs, and they're not they're not top tier running backs because those go in the first four picks, yeah. first five picks, but you can still have them. But that that what kind of sucks is you get them to and then it goes back to the draft. But then all the other running backs start getting taken. So that's when the tight ends and the top wide receivers get taken. So at that point, when it gets back to you, you kind of have to take a tight end because you don't know if like they're so limited in the draft. And they might all the very good ones will most likely be gone by the time it gets to nine and 10. So then you might have to go back to wide receiver or just to a mid-tier tight end and then do wide receiver heavy. Yeah, so that's that's it's it's kind of it's kind of the waiting game too. Like yeah. you know you know your first two picks are gonna be running backs, then you have to see the rest and how people draft in in exactly. the ones before your next picks. So that, I think that's how all that's how all drafts are. Yeah, but, you know, like someone's gonna pick a quarterback, there's gonna be some reaches and you could have really good guys drop to you. And I hope I'm not going to say who, but I hope someone that's a wide receiver is going to drop to me. But I mean, I think Waller and Kelsey are definitely gone by the time it gets around to us. Cause I mean, those too. wide receiver ones playing tight end that there's only yeah. probably three or four that can put Mark, up similar numbers. Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. Kyle Pitts up there too. potentially could too. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, good points, guys. Good points. All right. Now we're going to go into our last segment um, before we end it. Our sleeper players. So these are players that just as we talked about earlier in the draft, earlier in the episode, you can get late in the draft, but they can you can get them late in draft or you can get them mid round the draft. But they are the sleeper picks that you believe that people aren't talking about as much that you think you're going to put, you know, great production out there. I'll give my first two. I'm going to give Josh Jacobs. And I'm also going to give Robert Woods. I think with Matthew Stafford, Robert Woods is going to be amazing. He's, he's produced a ton lately in fantasy. He's always produced a ton, but I think Josh Jacobs is going to have a back a bounce back here. He was not great last year. He was great his rookie year, but I think he has a, he has a bounce back year because I think they're going to run the ball a lot because I think Derek Carr just isn't it. Um, they're just going to come to that realization. Um, but if they're, if their defense, if their offensive line can play up to the potential they have, then he can produce a ton and he can be a great running back and someone you can get in the late round as well. Cause not many people are going to think about him as a top running back, running back option. Um, I like David Montgomery a lot for the bears. Um, they brought in Damian Williams, but like, that's just a guy to have. And he had a great year last year. I think he ran over a thousand yards and I think they have more of a dynamic offense now. It, hopefully if Justin plays, they get Allen Robinson, Cole Komet. Um, I mean, there's, I think there's a lot of potential there for him. He's kind of past Joe Mixon around there. And I think that'd be a great seal to get in a third round. He could be a really good running back too. And the other one I have is Mike Davis for the Falcons. He did really good replacing CMC last year. And there's also nobody else competing with him there either. So, I mean, there's going to be a heavy workload for him. They're not going to be able to throw the ball all the time. But um, he received the ball pretty well in Carolina last year. And I think he'll continue to do the same. But I think those two guys where I, where I see running back as like the least depth, I think those two are really like standout guys that you can get later other than the first two rounds. Um, I think one big sleeper this year is Mike White. Anybody know who that is? Who, who the is hell not? is that? Who the hell the is Jets that? backup quarterback, man. When Zach Wilson <laughs> just shits the bed, the bone of Mike White. Ride the hot hand, baby. Ride the hot hand. What? <laughs> is that I, your I, only I, one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll just roll with that. Come on. Um, I've also got all, uh, all of Rob- them are sleepers. I'm sleeping on everybody, man. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. I've also got um Darius Slayton. He can put up big numbers, Tom. I I, I love Slayton. Um, I also think um I also think he's kind of Robbie Anderson. I love Robbie Anderson. He's always been good. Um, and with the addition of Sam Donald, he can be even better. So yeah. What do you have, Tom? I don't know if he's definitely I don't think he's gonna be picked the first two rounds just because of the team he's on now. So, got to give my team some love. And because he's a beast, Kenny Galladay, I think Kenny Galladay has been way too inconsistent because of injuries for, like, the last two or three years. So, really, it's, it's all up to his injuries. And I think he's been um, pretty healthy in training camp other than a little hamstring injury that's just day-to-day. But – Last year, Daniel Jones had the best passer rating on balls thrown 20-plus yards down the field. 
and Kenny Galladay is a top five contested deep uh, pass contested catcher in the entire league. So I think that um, is a positive, and I think both of those stats for the quarterback and the stat for um, Kenny Galladay go very well together. And then uh, another one uh, going to the Bears, Darnell Mooney. Um, I yes, think, I like yes, I like I that. that yep, I think he is disgusting at running routes. Um, he can shake any defender. Like, remember what was it that uh, the video of him absolutely breaking Jalen Ramsey's ankles on that one route that he ran uh, last year? It was it was like a uh, what compilation of Darnell Mooney running just a bunch of beautiful routes and just being overthrown by Mitch Trubisky. But um, I think hey, no Mitch Trubisky slander. That is an MVP man right there. <laughs> The first and the last MVP. I'm going to have some Whoa, hey, with Mitch Trubisky. Hopefully, wait, 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 hopefully wait. not the last. The Nickelodeon playoff game is definitely going to come back. No, I don't think it. I don't think it's going to come back. Tom, I've had Kenny Galladay since he's been a rookie. And I thought he, he has potential to be like – they compared him to Calvin Johnson when they drafted him. Dude, I know. I they call him Baby Tron. That's his, yeah. That was his nickname in Detroit. Yeah, exactly. But injuries, dude, that's the I only know. thing I, I hate about him. I, I think he's going to put up numbers. But, like, he gets hurt, and then Marvin Jones kind of overshadowed him he's in Detroit. Stay healthy. But, really, I think there's good potential there to be wide receiver one. But um, injuries is just what scares me. But dude's a freak athlete. Those jump balls that I've seen him catch for touchdowns are insane that he had with Matt Stafford. Right, why he hurt so much. Yeah, I mean – that dude was making big plays, but really it's just staying healthy. But I like that one a lot. Yeah. Okay, I just looked up to see if they're doing the Nickelodeon game this year. Really inconclusive evidence. Can't find anything saying a definite it's yes gotta or no. It's got to happen. But Nickelodeon is developing a kids-themed football movie with LeBron James Production Company. Oh, come on. We already had a good old cheese dick. Jam. Yeah. Got those shirts coming through, though. I made them. I also made some some of the option shirts as well. Hey. Hey, got some good merch coming out. Um, is that it? I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. All right, uh, Tom, what? Denver Broncos week one. No, it's not, it's not going to happen. We're going to go rooting somewhere. For, to- I'm rooting for a tie. We're going to go somewhere to watch that game, and it's going to get heated. But I want that game to know. be a tie just so neither one of you is happy. That'll be, the, that'll be like the worst. But that'll there's suck. nothing I am more excited for than the season opening with the Buccaneers absolutely dog stomping the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the Cowboys are going to be a little bit better, but the Bucs are still going to destroy them. Tom Brady's going to throw six touchdowns. Just like Manning. Manning that's, yeah, and that's going to get Manning through seven. Seven. That's where he's got him. Manning at. will that's have real. one more because it's Peyton Manning, the real Peyton guy. Manning's more of a Colt than he is a Bronco. But, hey, he had the best season of his career with the Broncos. I have mutual respect. Yeah. For quarterback I'd, season. I'd say he's half and half. I'd say he's three quarters. <laughs> we can agree to he disagree. Won a Super Bowl. He did win a Super Bowl. Yeah, he won a hey. Super Bowl for both teams. Okay. So. I've I've been thinking about this a lot. Who would who do you like better, like as the face of a Bronco, John Elway or Peyton Manning? Is that I mean, I'm gonna go argument? I'm gonna go John Elway because more he's a, 
yeah, he's the guy who brought us to our first Super Bowl as well. He did. Yeah, he put everything on the line, and he he tried for. I mean, we went to so many Super Bowls and just got destroyed, and then he finally ends up winning the two. And he, the first one he won, no one thought we were going to win because we were playing against the Packers and Brett Favre. But uh, John Elway definitely is still the face. Um, Peyton Manning is definitely second, and then third would think, probably be. I, Rock I, think Tim, I think Tim Tebow's <laughs> one. Tim Tebow's yeah, one. Tim, Tim's up there. Tim's up there from that Steelers wild card game. Oh, dude, that was electric. I, oh, yeah. I, I always video all the time. I always get chills watching it. It's the best. It's the best. But all right. I think that's it, Tom. We appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Appreciate uh, it. We love giving some great advice to everybody out here. Uh, everyone keep the follows and, you know, interaction on Twitter coming. Uh, the listens. We, we, we love interacting with you guys on all social media. Um, we're looking to make some more social media here sometime soon, but um, we should be, we're hoping to get in person here, interviews and just podcast recordings in a couple of weeks, hopefully sometime soon, but we'll, uh, we appreciate everybody listening and uh, send you on your way. See you guys.